0: Why y'all doing that? So sure like thank y'all for stopping by to have a cigar with Uncle Maduro. Man, look at it. Now y'all know before we get started, all I can tell y'all what I'm smoking on. And tonight, or today should I say, I'm smoking on a Partagas Black Bravo 1845. Man, let me tell you here, this here is another one of them good sticks. Picked this stick up here last week at Roz. Usually I smoke these quite often, and I, what I was smoking, I was smoking another cigar last week, and I didn't particular like it. I just gotta say, you don't like everything. You can't like everything. Plus, a lot of time, a lot of some of some of these cigars they not consistent. Now, I think this cigar that I got, I had smoked one before, but I never smoked the Maduro brand. And I smoked the Maduro. I almost got not even halfway through it, man, and that thing just started tasting like just tasting like tobacco burnt tobacco, so I had to put it out. But my first notion, when I first got to the cigar spot, my first notion was to get me one of these particles Black Bravo, because I hadn't had one in a while. And I like these particles, but I decided to try that other cigar that I had last week that I didn't particular myself particularly care for. And not to say it was no good cigar, it was just one of them that I picked up that wasn't particularly good for me. And like I say, I've had that brand Another one of that label cigar and it was pretty good. But this one was the Maduro and it was, you know, a little higher price. So anything in the Maduro and uh my man who was in the cigar in the humidor with me, he said he had smoked one and it was pretty good. And he's got really, really good cigar taste. You know, he's a veteran smoking these cigars. So that's why I went on and tried it, but I didn't particularly like it. But uh I went on before I left the cigar spot, I picked up this particle's black Bravo. I probably got about three or four of them in my humidor. I, I like to keep them. I like to keep these around because you can never go wrong with this stick here. Now, it, now even though I kind of went back and kind of told y'all what I like about it, I'm going to tell y'all what these folks say about it. Okay? This particles Black Bravo 1845, an attractive sun-grown beauty, unlike any other particles blend. The particles Black Label is an enticing full-body cigar. Full and rich, Partiga's gorgeous, oily, medio-tempo, sun-grown wrappers are the perfect vehicle to deliver the powerful blend of Nicaraguan and Cuban seed that glows fiddlers. Excellent construction, a gentle draw and rich, robust character make this a bold, enticing cigar. And let me tell you, it is a good stick. Now the shape is a rough child. The wrapper is a Connecticut broadleaf. The origin, the Dominican Republic. Now, usually myself, I too much don't care for these Connecticut, use Connecticut rappers, but I particularly like this one for some reason. I think what I don't like the Connecticut, you know, just my prefer my preference. I don't like the light Connecticut rappers, you know, because uh, they, they you know they, they mostly deliver a medium, you know, a medium to mild uh, flavor, and you know I like some a little bit more heavier now. Like I say, I'm mostly a Maduro, a Maduro man myself. But this Connecticut Broadleaf here is pretty good. I really do enjoy this Partagas. I really, really do. And uh, I haven't haven't had a bad Partagas yet. I think the first time I had a Partagas, I was uh, in St. Augustine at uh, the cigar Isabella Cigars, fine cigars down in St. Augustine. You ever get down there. Y'all got to stop off at Isabella. Man, let me tell you something. She, got, she don't have a big selection of cigars, but she has a nice little small boutique cigars, and I'm quite sure you can find some that you know, you're know really going to enjoy. And also, she makes the best Cuban coffee down there. So you get you one of good Cuban coffees down in Isabella, and you get you one of these good sticks, man, you really can enjoy yourself. Sit right outside and see all the people walk by. It's not too far from the fort. The fort is like right across the street, even though you don't have a good, view of the fort, of the fort rather, you know, you can see bits and parts of it but in the summertime it's always busy and Miss Isabella, she's a show is a nice lady, so that's why I had my first partagas where I got turned on and matter of fact, Miss Isabella was the one who actually turned me on to these partagas you know, Black Bravo 1845, and I've been smoking them ever since, and you know I go through my spells, you know, in my humidor, I don't just have just one, you know, I, I don't buy boxes of cigars you know, I don't, I don't buy like that because, i I'm. you know, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that of big of a aficionado yet. You know, where I can afford to buy boxes and boxes of cigars like my buddies and put them in their big old humidors. I mean, these guys can go do World War Three and still have cigars to come out to go through World War Four. <laughs> they got a lot of cigars, but I'm not I don't I don't have my inventory like that. So, what I usually do is, I usually buy me a couple here, here, different things that I like and put in my little humidor. And, uh, cause it's just me smoking now. And, uh, I'd say just me now because I had this old gal that I was catting around with. That old gal smoked more cigars than me. Man, that girl would come down here, man, up, up here, brother. That girl be smoking my cigars up. So, I'm glad I got rid of that gal. Let me tell you some little 6 wasn't worth it smoking up all my cigars. Them cigars, ten, eleven $11. You know, when she come here on the weekend, she may smoke about, you know, phew, two Friday, two Saturdays. She Man, she may smoke about six seven, six, seven cigars. So right then and there, you know, you got to figure I didn't spend $70. I didn't spend $70 on her. So <laughs> kind of a cost savings getting rid of her. I don't miss her at all because I'm saving on my cigars. <laughs> you know what? And that brings me to the topic that I'm going to talk to you all about here. I was going through... Some of my old Southern style stories. Man, I used to write these Southern Side stories when I was up there in California. In the moms I had nothing to do, so I just started writing. And uh, this little particular here is not a story, but when I was posting some of my little stories, a young man emailed me, had a question. Now, I first scratched my head, wondering why he emailing me, you know, like I'm Martha Stewart or somebody, like I'm giving advice on marriages. I'm not the person that you need to actually give it advice on marriages not nothing at all but it was kind of funny the way that I answered or not should I say funny well I guess it was kind of entertaining but look I'm not gonna give everything away I'm gonna let y'all listen to how I answer this list young fella. then I am gonna come back on the other end you know do like I do see a little something but I just thought you know we'll give ourselves a little break from a lot of these talks that I've been given about these subject matters and let me tell you something here now back at this time you know when I did this little answer here I was cussing at that time. See, I don't I try not to curse now. So if y'all around little folks or y'all don't like some kind of little foul language and stuff like that, then I would say don't listen to this little pie talk, go to the next one. But this here little pie talk is one I did a few years back. And it was a little answer, not a pie talk, but a little answering a question that a young man gave me. Now you know what they say, never ask a fool for advice. <coughs> and, <coughs> excuse me. And I'm quite sure I to listen to this. One. Y'all going to say, yep, he shouldn't ask that fool for no advice. But man, I, I look back now and say, I hope I didn't spoil that young man for life. <laughs> well, he'd never get married again. <laughs> but look at y'all take a listen to this, and I'm going to sit back here and enjoy my Particus Black Bravo 1845 while y'all listen to this. And I'm going to come back and catch up with y'all on the flip side. All right? All right now. This here is the end of the year, and I want to do something different. Instead of giving y'all one of my Southern Side stories, I think I'ma answer a question. Now look, now I'm not no Dr. Phil, or no Miss Cleo, because Miss Cleo, I think she did now, and that's after she went to prison, lying to folks about what she was saying. But folks was believing, it. she made a little money. I ain't seen nothing wrong with it. That guy who always told me, if you got a fool and don't bump his head, somebody else is gonna do it instead. So I don't she's gonna bump a fool's head. But look, I'm not no psychiatrist or anything like that. But I guess since I got this little gray on me now, folks kind of figured that I got a little wisdom somewhere. You know, and you know I do. Because I've lived a long time. Matter of fact, I was thinking the other day, I didn't think that I would live to be the age I am. But you know what? I sure am glad that I am. And I've had a few chances to see some things, now that I've been alive. Been been through more than a few of my shared relationships. So I think I may have a little something to share with the young folks. And I got this email from, from this fella. I don't know. I think he ran about in his early 20s, somewhere like that. Young fella say he's successful. Now, there's a lot of ways to measure success. There's success financially. There's success in your relationship. And there's overall success, which I don't know nobody who ever achieved any overall success. And I don't know nobody who ever achieved no overall success in a relationship. The relationships is like it's like the ocean. Got waves on it. Going waves on it. Tide come in. Tide go out. Wasn't for the moon. Ain't that something. One for the moon. Tides go in, tide go out. Relationships is like that. Depends on the moon. how somebody feeling? If it's a full moon, they'll wear a war. If it's a half moon, who knows how they feel it? they half themselves, I guess. But, that's not the point that I want to talk to y'all about here. The young man sends me an email, says he's successful. Says that he's in his early 20s. He's got a degree from that Stanford University. Now, I'm going to tell y'all about that Stanford University now. It ain't no joke getting no degree from that Stanford University. You got to know somebody to get in, get in that place. They don't send you no audition letter to say, hey, you invited to come take a look at our school. We're glad to take your money. No. You got to know somebody like Connie Rice, somebody like that to sponsor you to get into Stanford. But that young man, he graduated from Stanford University. He got a degree in finance. And he say he working for, work, work, work for one of them big hedge fund companies or something like that. I don't think he say he on Wall Street, but he making that good money. I ain't got the letter here in front of me. I will read it so I'm just going off the top of my head. You know, I'm getting kind of old, so my memory ain't as good as it used to be. You know how this old hound dog is. But, the young fella say that uh, he doing pretty good. You know, in his early 20s, you know, making six, seven figures sometime. Depending on the day, who he, who he can rip off on them stocks and bonds with them hedge funds. I, I say rip off, allegedly. I don't know how the stock market works, but I know them guys don't produce anything. They just use their brain to move numbers around. But he making good money. The point is, he making good money. But now he's starting to feel like something is lacking. Something is lacking in his life. Like something is missing. Like, like he a puzzle and some pieces missing. Now, he in his early 20s with all that money, I reckon. Man, what the hell do he figure that's missing? But he say he figured something missing. He say he think he may need a family. Because he talked to some friends of his who didn't go to staff or didn't go to college. Who married their high school sweethearts? Now, do y'all know the definition of a high school sweetheart? A high school sweetheart is the first piece of pussy you got, you fell in love with. And it's the first dick you got, you fell in love with. That's what a high school sweetheart is. It's the first piece of pussy or dick that you had. Plain and simple. You got whooped the first time. You didn't realize that there's other good pussy out there that you'll never experiment with. Also, some get bad pussy out there too. Let me just preface that also. So, but what I'm saying, high school sweetheart, that's the first piece of ass she got. Whether it's a female or it's a male. First piece of ass. That's what high school sweetheart is. So he said, he went back home. The business people, some of his good friends, he said they married now. And he said he looked so happy. He said he looked happy. He said he looked fulfilled. He said, now he got he, young man, he got all this money. And he and, and, and uh he lived high on the hall. And he got that nice place and everything and drive that nice car around. And he got them old fine girls around. You know when you got money, boy, you can get some gals. Oh, man, they say quality gals. But you never know if it's quality or not because women are very perceptive. You know what I mean? A woman can be living in the hood and she can fix, fix herself up and go down there to that nice high-priced club and get in there and catch her a fella with some money. So, you know, he says that them some highfalutin, nice little gals he messing with, but reception they may be rats that's just dressed up like cinderella never know but that's just my opinion and not the facts but i'm going on with what he said he said he, he 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 got everything that he want he was figured until he went back home and he got with a couple of his buddies and he went over there and they all got together at one of the fellas house and they was in a guy had a man cave he say man cave ain't that something they call a man a man cave ain't that some shit A man cave. The whole house, he get a cave. (laughs) But he said he was in there talking to his fellas. And he said that they all looked so happy and fulfilled. Now, my thing is this. When you are observing people that you're not around every day, it's kind of like reading emails. You know, when you read an email, you perceive what you think that person is saying and the tone of how they're saying it. Which, is, which can be totally, totally wrong. You go by what you think you the people saying. They can be saying, have a nice day. And you think they're saying, oh, have a nice day. That's because we look at things, we perceive things the way we want to accept them. They call that like confirmation bias a lot of times. I don't know. <clears throat> but when you're observing people <clears throat> that you're not around every day, it's almost like reading emails. you reading into it what you want to read into it. But you're not knowing the full depth of it. That's why, like when I'm at work after two emails, don't send me no damn email after two emails. After two emails, if you don't understand what I'm saying, I don't understand what you're saying, then I'll pick up the phone, and call you, or you need to pick up the phone to call me. Because we need to get a clear understanding, because evidently what we're reading back from these emails is just ain't jiving to our understanding. So that's my policy. Two emails back and forth, that's it. We we ain't got no clarification, then pick up the phone, let's call each other. But that's how it is when you're perceiving people that you're not around every day. So he's looking at his fellas, right? Now, he ain't he's saying to himself, you know what? Maybe I need a family. Maybe I need a family. Now, young man, if you're out there watching this video, I that I am going to do this little video because I ain't want to send you no email back and forth telling you, giving you no advice. And let me tell you something, I'm not giving you no advice. You do what you want to do is your life. You see what I'm saying? If you, if you can count numbers, right, you can, you, 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 you can decipher what you want to do with your life. You asked me a question, so I'm just answering it on this video. So you're out there, you know who I'm talking to, young man. But what you're doing is, now he told me that his fellas looked at happy. And he think now that what's missing, because he got this money at a young age, he think what's missing now is that he need a family. He need a wife, and he need some kids. Because all his fellas who didn't go to college, they got them kids now. Because they married their high school sweethearts. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're young, and you get married young, and you have kids, right? You don't get a chance to grow into that person or with that person, because now you got them kids, you're growing around them kids. So y'all whole world now, Revolves around them kids. That's why a lot of times when them kids get grown, people divorce. Because they hold they don't know each other. Because the only thing they know is what what surrounds the kids. That's why I say if you're young, hell, just my opinion, if you're young, don't get married. Don't get married. Follow your dreams. But let me continue on what I'm saying here. So now he's saying that you know, they married their high school sweethearts and you know they got they got these family now, and they doing pretty good. The one guy he told me about one of his friends he was a pipe fitter, or oh, he do plumbing, not pipe. They do plumbing. Well, plumbing is part of pipe filling and shit. He do he, he, he do plumbing. He got his own plumbing company, and he said that he got a nice house. He got one of them vans with with them PVC pipes on the top of. Them. Now they don't like driving behind on the highway. A lot of time they don't be locking that stuff down with them bungee cords. I seen a move one time. One of them, one the PVC type flew clean off the car and hit the car in back. So I don't follow him on the road. You gotta, you gotta, you you, you ride in a truck with a PVC pipe on top of it. I don't follow Joe the plumber. Not me. Mm-mm. So, but he told me he 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 got him a van with his name on the van. Say oh yeah, his own company. He was sitting there bragging, he got his own company. I got my own company, man. I got my own plumbing company. With the PVC pipes on top of the truck. And he say, uh. He say, I got my house, I got my wife. My wife ain't gotta work. He say, wife ain't gotta work. I do pretty good. wife ain't gotta work. The kids go to pretty decent school. We making a pretty good living. Man, I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. That what his friend told him. He said, he, he fulfilled. I say, shit. I'm thinking to myself when I'm reading this little shit here. So he say, his friend said, he fulfilled. And uh, he listened to his other fellas. And they all talking about their wives and their kids and all this kind of shit. Don't none of them wise work. Cause see, when you marry your high school sweetheart, a lot of times she don't know what the fuck she wanna do. But see, you taught as a man that you gotta prepare for your family So now you gotta get out there and get a job to prepare for your family So see, she never developed any identity of what the fuck she wanna do Because she got married to your ass early So now you gotta take care of her So she never developed into the person Or she never got to see what her aspiration was Because now she got married to you kinda young And now y'all got them little kids So none of them wise work Right? So they all, you know you know, having this, you know, having this stick my finger up your butt, and let me tell you how good life is—stories and all this kind of stuff—and he's sitting up there. He's the only one. He's the only one sitting up there. He ain't got no kids. He ain't got no wife. He had a lot of little gals, but that he been—he did been cat around with, but he ain't got no wife. So he's sitting there. He listened. He listened to his fellas here talk, and he's saying, "Man, I feel bad." I don't feel my life fulfilled because I don't have wife and kids. I don't have these stories that these fellas, they, they look happy. they telling wife stories, mother-in-law stories. You never know they talk about our mother-in-law. they tell telling mother-in-law stories, wife stories. He said that he ain't got no story. He can tell them about uh, 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 hedge funds, he can tell them about the stock market, he can talk about the Dow Jones. He can talk about that kind of stuff. He can talk about that little girl he he, had, he met at the club. You know, or criminal little girls he met at the club too took back to his house. He can tell them how nice his house is. He live in a penthouse. baby. you know, nice little penthouse. But it just ain't the same because they tell him family stories. He ain't got no family stories. He got bachelor stories. So they sitting up there and they talking. So when he writes me this stuff, say that he don't, he don't feel his life is complete. His life ain't whole because he don't have a wife and kids. I say, well, here's my rebuttal to you, young man. Think about something here. Your fellas, your fellas who simply acting like they all happy and they all giddy. That's a facade. That's an email that you're reading wrong into. Them motherfuckers is miserable. And let me tell you why. They got to get up early in the morning and go to the kitchen and drink that stale bad coffee that they sell at Walmart every morning to wake up, or they get their thermos and get in their truck early in the morning with the pipe on top and drive down to the circle k gas station to get some of that gas station coffee to say they wake themselves up every morning then they tails got to go to work they got to work 40 50 hours a week and hoping there's some work out there to find a job right to pay for that wife and kid that wife and who her ass is still in the bed sleep and the kids Get them up for school after they get out of the door for school. She can her ass back in bed. At her for those sit around the house work all day. Ain't that much work around the house? You got, they they busting they tail all day to take care of that damn wife and that damn kid and the upkeep of that house. See, said, I got to pay the mortgage on that house, boy. Who you think do that? She don't do it. He's got all that burden on him. He ain't telling you that shit when they sit around telling them good family stories, showing them baby pictures, them ugly ass kids that they got to feed every day. He ain't showing you, he ain't telling you that. He's not telling you about the stress that he got in his life to maintain their lifestyle because he fell in love with the high school sweetheart. (laughs) What y'all think about that? Now, you know what? The interesting thing here about this little advice I gave this young man here. Was interesting. It dawned on me when I would listen back on it. I gave this advice to him right before I got divorced. That's kind of interesting. Right before I got divorced, or should I say, my ex-wife left me that envelope <laughs> on the brand new kitchen counter that I just had remodeled. The kitchen say she wasn't happy no more. <laughs> I look back now. <clears throat> Three years later, I look back now and I say, that was the best thing, one of the best things that could ever happen to me. She asking for a divorce. Best thing that never happened to me. I'm looking back now in hindsight. See, sometimes you can look back on hindsight and you can say what you could have done better. But I look back on hindsight on that situation and say that I'm glad that woman did what she did. Because I'm not the one that's regretting anything. You know, (laughs) you got a sign at work that says, uh, pretty much something to the extent there of, until you have a new process, never abandon the old process. Now, what I'm saying here is, you know, like in her situation, she should have thought about it all the way through. Excuse me, man, got a little horse. She should have thought about if she wanted a divorce all the way through. See, a lot of times we emotional. We are some very emotional creatures and we think about right now. See, things may not be going so well right now. But that don't mean things can't get better But when we make quick emotional decisions And now we have to live with it We get hindsight that Maybe I shouldn't ask for that divorce Because that there's a good man When your friends come to, come to him When their friends come to him and say Boy, that show is a handsome man That show is a good man God, how you let him go? <laughs> i am telling you about my ex-wife now. How you let him go? Because I hear the stories. And she emailed me and want to talk, but I, that chapter is closed. Because you never abandon an old process until you have a good new process. But see, we emotional and we let other people get into our heads. Don't let a good thing get away unless you got a better thing. (laughs) Marriage is something else. I'm I'm the worst person to give married advice. You got some people that need to be married to justify their existence. You got some folks like me who don't need to be married because the mind is so creative The mind needs space to breathe and create because that's what's important is creating. Not being settled down with marriage and having kids and having all this responsibility. Because let me tell you, for myself being married, and I'm going to share some personal things with y'all right now. For myself, for being married was not a good thing. Like I tell folks now, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm bad at. And I'm bad, horribly bad at being a husband. And I'm terrible at being a boyfriend. Now, I'm horrible at being a husband because I provide <clears throat> excuse me, providing is not a problem. To kill my wife, she didn't have to ask for anything. But I need space where I can think, that I can create and I remember one time I tried to give my my ex-wife a book. It was an audio book on introverts, on creative minds. To try to help her understand me a little bit more. Now, I know what you say. You say, well, maybe you need to understand her a little bit more. You're absolutely right about that. And I tried. But I need a certain amount of space for creativity. I can't have no woman all crawling up under me 24-7. I can't be pulled on this way, do this, do that, all that kind of stuff. Like I say, I take care of, took care of my house, took care of the automobile. I took care of her in bed. I know she haven't had a good eating. <laughs> like that in a long time. Well, I forgot they say black folks don't do that. <laughs> you know, I know she ain't had no Mr. Prolong. <laughs> like, like that in a long time. But beside that, I wasn't a good husband because I don't want nobody all up under me. You see, I like life how it is now. Where if I want to do a little pipe, get my pipes cleaned out, I get my pipes cleaned out. But I don't want nobody in my house full time around me. I like my space. I like my clarity of mind. Because, see, one thing I tell folks is that I don't need nobody else to justify my existence. Like I say, some folks do need that. I don't need that. I don't need a pair of shoes in my closet that I don't wear. Just say I got a pair of shoes, them shoes there. You understand what I'm saying? Some folks need that. I don't need that. What I have learned over these years is that you can't fight against who you are. you like when I was in Louisiana, that old house by myself sitting in that rocking chair. How I enjoyed that time, that space being alone till my daddy came out. I didn't want to go play with my cousin because they was always getting in trouble, especially BB. I ain't not want to do all that old stuff. I didn't want to go hang with the fellas. That's why, even when we moved to Michigan, I never got involved with hanging with groups of people because you know what? That's not me. It takes away from my creative space. And what I mean by creative space is I like to like to tinker with things. I like to learn about things. I don't like a lot of confusion. I don't like a lot of folks in my head. That's like when this little man, yeah, little man, when he asked me this question that I answered him. I wasn't in the business of asking no question, and I ain't gonna get in the business of asking question. But I answer. them But I don't like people in my head because I don't like to make other people's my problems. I don't like to make other people' problems my problems. And when you sit down and listen to a bunch of bunch, bunch of folks associated with a bunch of folks that got none but problems, now you putting their problems inside your head. I don't want to think about your problems. You can't let people rent space in your head. That's just this is me. I don't let people rent space in my head. And like my brother say, when you do let people get close to you and rent space in your head, you pull away from them. And he right. He right. I don't want to hear about your problems. I like to be around folks and laugh with folks. Learn from folks. Have fun from folks. But to be honest with you, I like to come home to my peace and quiet. I had that old guy, I had this old Latino girl. She always underneath me. Now I don't mind, you know, bone dancing with her. You know, putting Mr. Prolong on her. I don't mind that. But when we are done, I don't need you all up under me. You can get in your car and go home for all I care. I don't especially smoking about my cigars. <laughs> I don't need that. But you see, I am like the majority in my emotional needs as far as other people are concerned. I can be on a desert island by myself as long as I can get on a boat and go over to the next island to look at people. And all I get do looking at people, I get on my boat and come back to my island. <laughs> I love people as long as I can look at them. If I can go look at them, if I can sit somewhere and smoke a cigar and just observe people, I'm fine. You know, I remember when I, when I after, um, you know, I separated from my ex-wife, I was, uh, I used to get in my car, you know, get in my car on the weekends. I'd go find me a cigar spot somewhere. You know, I'd go find me a cigar spot. And i just sit out there, smoke me a cigar, and watch the people. And I had so much enjoyment doing that. Get in my car, drive on back home. Beautiful cigar places, man. You meet people, you talk to people, or you don't talk to people. But it just was so relaxing and beautiful. See, that's, that's the piece I need. Cause then when I come back home, I'm, so I'm I'm refreshed. I'm ready to tinker with something around my house. I don't need nobody in my ear. You know, one time I talking about to get a roommate. What the hell I want a roommate for? I don't need nobody to pay my own bills I don't need nobody around here disturbing my peace but everybody's not like me you got some folks that needs to have somebody companionship even even if the sex is gone just to have somebody around and ain't nothing wrong with that either because we all different folks You got some folks married that ain't even together. Don't even do nothing together. They're living in the same house. Like that song by Michael Frank say, then he tells himself he's happy. Then she tells herself she's happy. That's mine too for other folks. But I know for me, I have learned marriage ain't for me. Having a girlfriend ain't for me. Having a woman in my house ain't for me. But, like I say, when you decide to take on a marriage, that's a lot of responsibility. Like they say, I was talking to one lady last night. I was on her front porch out here where I live. We were talking. And uh, she was saying Well you can't compare marriage to your job I said you're right You can't compare marriage to your job But you can't compare The work that it takes To keep a marriage Is way more than your job Because at least When you come home from your job Your job is dead to the next day If you don't get fired <laughs> But when you come home That wife is dead when you go to work, that wife is dead. Like this fella, this fella where I work at, sitting next to me. He's, he on the phone, and everybody hear about people that's in the office, especially cubicles. They talk so loud. On they on their phones, and they talk so loud. Don't nobody want to hear nothing about your private conversation. And his wife called on the regular. About the kids, them terrible kids. He didn't want to adopt the kids. He's 60 some years old. His wife, I think she just turned maybe 50. And a couple of years back, they adopted these, these, uh, these, these kids, these two twins. And when you adopt kids, you don't know where them kids come from. Them parents, crazy as a Bessie Bug problem, they passed them things down to them kids, and them kids have been abused. And the wife called him every day about them crazy kids. Every single day. I hear talking about them kids, what they gonna do about the kids, and the kids, they, sometimes they even got locked at those because the doors because the one boy soaked down going. you don't know what he gonna do because he been abused so bad when he was a little kid. Got locked the door. But she couldn't have no kids. So he is almost six years old. She convinced him to adopt. And now in his... Golden years, he can't retire yet because now he got he, he he got these adopted kids. Now he gets some, he gets some good money from the kids, though. I ain't know the state paid that good. He gets some really good money for adopting them kids and the benefits from adopting them kids. But is money really worth it? Especially when I be listening to him on the phone. When you gotta lock your door to go to bed because because you don't know if Jason in the next room gonna get up and kill everybody in the whole house like Michael Myers. You don't know. But you do it because that woman want it. You do it because that woman want it. See, men break their back to please women, but do women break their back to please men. Like I tell you, folks, when a woman look at a man, she already, she already got her plan. Now some women is stupid. Some women look at men and they ain't got a plan. They look at a man because he's cute and may have a big ding-dong showing between his pants and she want to get some of that. And Then she get knocked up by that fool and now she got four or five kids with different baby daddies and that fool, he may look good with a big ding-dong, but he ain't worth a dime as a puff Now, them stupid women right there. But you get the women that look at the, look look at a man, but right the back she can tell a woman can look at you for the first time she see you And tell if she going to sleep with you she can, she can look at you for the first time And tell if she going to make you Her husband Women always got a plan See men we ain't got no plan Our only plan is we want to get some And we going to do everything we can to get some We going to impress them With everything we ain't got If we ain't got it to get them Then when we get them And women get what we want out of them now time to go majority of men but a woman always know, a, a smart woman always know when she look at a man, whether or not she want him if he's got the potential that she looking for, and like old good told me one time, I look at a man and see if I can work with him <laughs> she said if I can work with him you if I can build him up See, because see, the thing about a man is that a lot of men are self-confident. You get you a confident, smart woman, she can build up a man with low self-esteem. and He go out there and knock down a brick wall for her. Women woman know how to do that. They smart. The smart ones, I ain't talking about the stupid ones. And hey, them are the stupid ones that's all they want is six And they ain't got nothing And then they turn about 50 years old with 4 or 5 kids And they coochie down there as And nobody wanted. it And then what they do They go to church <laughs> Them the women that you see piled up in church Them the same women you see piled up in church 40, 50 years old with no kids I mean, I mean with no husband Because they wore that thing out with them no good fellas now, like I always say, when they get old and they ain't got no husband and no man, then Jesus start being their boyfriend. <laughs> you want boys, you want to do some sex, man? Just go to church. You ain't got to go to no club. Just go to church. <laughs> the women in church horny. They horny, man, in church. I'm telling y'all. See, that would have happened to my ex-wife. She had a good husband, but she listened to them church people. And them same church women... When I see them, you know, they be talking about, you know, well, you, you, you was a good man. I don't know how she let you go. And see them saying women, she hear that too. And she wanted, how did I let him go? Look at them. How did I let him go? Not that I'm no piece of jewel or I'm no golden candy or anything like that. Now I ain't saying that. Ain't saying that at all. She look at them things. See them am the saying women that she listened to. See? <laughs> and now she hear him now and what she did. Cause see, now she wanted them 56, 57-year-old ladies sitting in church with no husband. Talking about Jesus every Sunday. Putting her emotional or spiritual emotion into Jesus. And she ain't getting no more Mr. Prolong. <laughs> see what I'm saying? There's a lot of things Jesus can't do. He can make you feel good in your head But he can't make you feel good down there Like Mr. Prolong can And he can't get down there and eat it <laughs> I'm just being managed right now <laughs> See That's why I say too You got to keep folks out your business See, She listening to them people And her pastor them at church Just because I wouldn't go to church That's a heck of a reason to divorce your husband You ain't happy Because your husband don't go to church with you I bet right now she wished that I that that we were still together. That I wasn't going to church with her, but she but I was over there with. her. I bet she wished that now. But hindsight is twenty twenty. If I leave this earth right now today, I have found and know what peace is. Peace has always been for me inside my own head. Peace has always been for me doing what I. Want to do when I want to do it on my terms. Peace to me is not taking care of no woman. Peace to me, I finally understand what it is. Like I told someone the other day, if I leave this earth right now, it's okay. Because I know everything ends, everything changes. You see, a lot of folks. A lot of folks is kind of is scared. A lot of folks is scared of change. A lot of folks even scared to die. And I hate to get and don't make this. I don't want this sound depressing because it's not. I have accepted a lot of things in my life, and change is one thing that I accept. I've also accept that we're all gonna leave this earth. We don't know when. But you know what? At least I got the opportunity. To make it through all that stuff that I've been through All the money that I lost Trying to make other people happy And try to look like Look like I'm conforming into everybody else's view I finally came to the point now that I can sit here In my little house Surrounded by what I want to be surrounded by I got some good friends, good friends. To me, everything is all right right now. But I know for some folks, they need more. They need to surround themselves cells with material things. They need to surround themselves with all no good folks that make them feel like they somebody who put stuff in their head. You surround themselves. With just to say that I got a woman. And like I say, ain't nothing wrong with none of that. That's other folks. But real peace is attaching yourself from the material things in this world. Even attaching yourself from people. Now, what I mean by not attaching, but detaching. Now, what I mean by that is this. I'm not saying get rid of friends. I'm not saying get rid of wives or family member or kids. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you have to emotionally, inside your mind, you have to understand that everything changes. Everything, everything is not going to be here. You have to accept when you lose something that is just a part of life. Just like when you leave this earth, you, you going right back to the place that you came from before you was born. I have no problem with loss. I mean, when my dad died, my grandmother died, people ask me, why you ain't cry? Now, I ain't understand what I understand now about attachment and the effects of attachment. Like when people get so, like I was watching watching this show uh, uh, the other day, you know, on my TV and about this fellow, he was an FBI agent and his daughter got killed. His little daughter, she probably about eight years old, eighteen years old, she got killed. Now, fast forward a couple years later, the mom then went crazy because the little girl got killed. He lost his job, turned into a drunk, alcoholic, and he's still investigating who killed his daughter. He lost his mind. He living in a trailer in Arizona somewhere, just in an old trailer. He lost, he's obsessed with trying to find who killed his daughter. See, that's attachment. That's that's attachment so much so to you stop living. Now, I know folks say that's a cruel thing. But see, somebody like me can say this because I have no emotional attachment to anything because I realize that everything is going to leave. Like when my grandmama died last year, was I sad? Yes, I was sad but I wasn't sad enough to stop living because I understand that that's gonna be me one day. I understand the time that we had here. Now I'm gonna tell you something, like her, I'm the only one that came from out of town to see her before she died. All the other cousins who loved, and old grandmama, all that kind of stuff, who cried and all that kind of stuff. To me, I looked up like they was darn fools. It's so to me, it just seems so crazy how fake people is to me. Here's a woman who was 96 years old. Her 96th birthday. Nobody from out of town went up to Michigan to see her but me. And I sit there with her and I recorded her. I took pictures of her. I talked to her. I can I can I can I can put up that record anytime now and see her and listen to her. See, they can't do that. Everybody was too busy when she was allowed to go see her. But now they miss her that she gone. See, and they wonder why I don't call them or I don't talk to them. I don't talk to them or call them because I ain't got time for people like that. They don't, they don't, they, they don't even come to my mind. <laughs> now see, for me, my nephew, he's like my son. Man, I tell you, when that boy was born, I was in the 10th grade, and when I seen that little fella, man, I can understand how people feel about their kids. Just let y'all know I'm not that emotional detached. My nephew, that's my son, <clears throat> getting emotional right now when I think about it. Everything that I may leave here in this earth here Is going to him No matter how big or small it is Everything is going to him He's a good young man I can't say That if I I have done something right in my life And that was with him And we talk now one thing I remember telling him, boy, I don't want you to have three or four wives. You've had the same wife now for the last 18 years. That wife and the son, son just graduated. He listened to me too, my great nephew. He's doing good. You see, I talked to his father and his father talked to him. And they got a little daughter. She pretty little thing. She, she good too. See? And my nephew had every opportunity in the world <clears throat> to go left. Cause his daddy ain't no good. I me and his daddy. Cause his daddy the one who started me to drinking. He well, nah, he didn't start me to drink. I was drinking before I met his daddy, his daddy, but he kind <clears> of, <throat> you know, that way I don't gamble. Cause his daddy used to take me to to, the, to, to these poker games on Friday night, give me a 40 ounce beer, set me in the corner, and he played poker gamble all night, whether the poker play cards. That's why I don't play poker to this day. I can play it, but I don't play it. Because Skip, would, I'm telling you, he would give me a 40 ounce, he would keep me filled up with beer. Now, I probably was not no more than ninth, but probably ninth grade, Keep night tenth grade, keep me filled up with beer. Why that rascal playing cards or dice all night, literally. If we go to somebody else, because cause, cause he'll, he'll hit four or five people's house a night. But if he run into somebody house and they're gambling, oh, he going to gamble. His daddy ain't no good. His daddy got about 12, 13 kids. But he ain't turned out nothing like his daddy. Now, I'm not going to say it was because of me. It's because I had some influence and he listens. He listens, to, like I listen to folks, he listens to me and he listens to folks too. Very respectful young man. But I tell him, I say, boy, when I leave this here earth, when I leave this earth, everything go to you. I don't want to have no funeral. I don't want to have no wake. Now, if you stupid enough to pay for a funeral or a wake, then you going to waste your money or whatever money is left for you. Because why do I want people to come see me dead in the casket when they didn't come see me when I was alive? You know, how people be all crying and boo-hoo when somebody died. Oh, my uncle my, or oh, my granddaddy died. And when he was alive, you ain't go see him. You hardly talk to him on the telephone. But now he died, you want to put on a show crying. Don't fake people to me. And I told my nephew, no. My brother in California. My nephews and nieces up there in Michigan. My cousin's in Louisiana. My cousin's in, in Houston, Texas and all around. When I die, you watch, they going to cry, nephew. But they don't know me. They haven't seen me since I was a little fella. They don't know me. Like I don't know them. Matter of fact, I had a cousin. Died a few years back in Houston. They called me and said he was dead. I say, okay. But don't be all crying and emotional about him. And I know my cousin, now he was my close cousin. Matter of fact, that fool, that nigga died, oh, excuse my language, that rascal died owed me about $15,000, $20,000. So I wasn't too happy about him dying, but I hadn't talked to him in a while because we kind of fell out about my money. I went I went over the limb. I'll tell you boy, I didn't help so many people, $20,000. $20,000 that I sent that boy, supposed to be to save his house down in Houston, Texas. But he ended up taking the money, going about uh, uh, Escalade, putting new rims on it, and then him and his wife had a, got a divorce. So me and him kind of fell out. We ain't talked in a while. And he had been, kept trying to call me before he died. Kept trying to call me, but I wouldn't call him back. And then when I found out they'd call him in the house dead, I wasn't sad. I just said, okay, and kept, kept my life going. We don't be all emotional about it. Oh, I didn't talk to him before he died. I, man, forget that. That nigga dead I mean, excuse my language, but that fool owed me money. And now he did. I can't get my money. Probably wasn't gonna never get my money. I'm not gonna be emotional about that. He just did. Keep on going. And I'll tell my nephew, that's gonna be me one day. So don't be having no big funeral wig or listen to people cry and talk about your uncle was this young. Man, look, don't listen to all that over. Just look at them fool like I like, like I look at people today. Like I looked at all them fools when my grandmama died who was crying but couldn't come see her before she died. This is the way I fit. And my brother say, boy, you cold. Maybe it is cold, but I've always been a little fella when I was young. I just watch people. I love to watch people, watch people, watch people, watch people. And then you listen to what they say and what they do. (laughs) <laughs> and I can't stand be around fake people Like when my daddy died When my daddy died And my nephew, he was a little fella And he say, he, he say Uncle, I watched you at the funeral He say, you were not crying he was, a he, say, he was just watching everybody Everybody coming up to my daddy Funeral Pekaskin Falling out crying like they loved him And when he was alive Only thing he did was use him Sort of like what they were doing and doing me to, I stopped using him for money. Like he was a piggy bank, taking care of the whole family. The same way I was doing because just, I'm just like my daddy. Quiet, in a sense, introverted. I talk to folks. I like to come back to my shell. I'm like that old turtle. I like to come back to my shell. Help folks, but I'm through helping folks. I didn't help enough ex-wives. I didn't help enough girlfriends. I didn't help enough. With a lot of resources like my dad, and my dad laid in the casket, and all these people, one by one, come up there crying, falling out, and I know for a fact they all owed him money. The reason why they was crying because they know their money train was gone. Even my mama couldn't talk to my mama for a minute after my dad died. You know why all of a sudden? Oh, my husband, oh, your husband, you lived in Michigan. He was in Louisiana. You had another man, a couple few other men. Now all of a sudden he did. My daddy did all of a sudden, my dad, your husband, all of a sudden, you crying? Like you missing. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I think people I can't stand them. Marriage, relationship, people, I is is it's remarkable. So in a matter of time, I read this book by the Donald, the uh the Dalai Lama. The four nobles of truth. That's why I like. I like Buddhism as a philosophy. And this, when I learned about attachment and detachment, this is where I learned it from. I learned to enjoy life and enjoy people, but separate the emotion. You know, emotions are like a heartbeat. It's up and it's down. If emotion is of a flat level, you flatline and you're dead. If you go off emotion, you're always gonna be wrong, and that's all my life I've been going on for emotion, helping people. I can say ex-wives, helping them all. I might as well have went to the dog shelter and got me a uh, a dog out of dog shelter. Because some of these women, you know, you try to help folks, you can't help folks. Can't help folks. If a if a person is in a situation, when you meet them, and they don't appear to be trying to get out of it, but they only get out of it because of you coming along and living up out of it, you should have been in that situation because they weren't trying to help themselves. That's why I don't mess with broke women no more. I rather be by myself. You think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna go buy me a six dollar Mr. Prolonged Pro pill to use on a broke woman? Them days long gone. Next time I go get my Mr. Prolonged pill for $6, I'm gonna use it on, 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 on the woman that got some money. Plain and simple. <laughs> but people are something else. Now, I know I'm telling a lot about my little philosophy, but this isn't my little philosophy in life. You know you, you know, you got yours. The people are something else. People is all about survival, their survival. People are very selfish. People was all about their survival. That's what they're all about. What they can get off of you. That's why I like the friends that I have now. The friends that I have now, they don't need nothing from me. Nothing. Matter of fact, I'm probably the poorest one. <laughs> they don't need nothing from me friends. And I think to myself, why? How did I wait to get this far in life to be surrounded by good folks like this? Because see, you are a part of your environment when you're growing up and you emulate your environment. Much as you may hate your environment, you emulate your environment. That's like, uh, I used to have these old girlfriends, right? Each one of them hated their parents, especially their mama. But they was just like their mama. I always tell people, what you hate most, that's what you are. That's what you become. What you hate most is what you are and what you become. I've seen it all the time I've seen it. You know, it's just the facts. You know, from what I see. And I could be wrong. And I look at my friends now. I look at them and their wives. I look at them in their wise and I think to myself, why couldn't I have an example like this when I was a little fella? My mother and father in the same house. Had a good father. I would tell people, my father is the greatest man I've ever walked on the earth, the earth. Now y'all say Jesus, but I ain't, I don't know no Jesus. <laughs> but I know my father, to me, was the greatest man I've ever walked the earth. Even though him and my mother wasn't in the same household. This man still took care of us, me and my brother, even though we was up north. It was someone who was back down in Louisiana. My father, greatest man that walked earth. to me. <laughs> and folks crying when he died. Crying because they money train gone. They don't even talk about him now. And that's how it is when we all pass away. People are going to cry for them, but they ain't even talk about you later. I told my nephew, when I leave this earth, nephew, everything go to you. Don't have no funeral, don't have no wake. You just cremate me. Don't put me in no dang old casket, spend all that money on these caskets for these making these other people rich and putting me in a dang old hole. Man, you better burn me up, man. Take that little money and throw it on the ashes somewhere. Throw the matches in the wind because that's how I lived. I lived in the wind. Don't worry about me. I'm going back to the place I came from before I was born. Simple as that. And you just watch anybody who cry, including your grandmama, including my mama. She got an opportunity to come down here and see me. She can go anywhere else, but she can't come down here to see me. So what's she gonna cry for when I'm gone? You can't come see me when I'm alive, but you gonna you gonna come see me when I'm when I'm gone, when I'm dead. Hmm. Look, I'm gonna get on out of here. I ain't told show y'all enough of my business. And want to share y'all a little funny thing on marriage and end up having a little talk with y'all. But it's okay. It's all part of life. Everybody is who they are. Like they say everybody fingerprint is unique is everybody can't be the same what makes life different is beautiful is that we all different that what makes life beautiful and like I said I know I got some crazy ways about me but I'm finally learning who I am and I'm okay with me I'm okay with the little things I have I'm okay with my creativity what literally it is but the most thing at this stage in the game I must say that I am I'm very very grateful for and that's the friends that has came into my life I don't need no money that can't be replaced the friends See, see, and my friends, they got their own place <laughs> They don't live in my house with me They got their own place And they got way more than me And the only thing I, w- I want to say Probably that they like me for Is my friendship too And I do anything in my power That I can do for them And I know they will for me But life is about staying on your own two feet. Now, I'm gonna get on out of here. <laughs> look here, y'all get a chance up. Y'all look for that part of Guston, 1845 is a good stick. Go to your local cigar spot first. If you can't find your local cigar spot, then you can go online and see our hosts or somewhere like that, see so if you can find online. But always shop local first. Keep the local cigar spots open, we can go and gather and have a little talk <laughs> And like I tell y'all always in life Y'all take care of everybody Out there, but more importantly Y'all take care of you First, alright now